Alice Berry writes, Children of the earth and sky, we are nurtured, sustained, given warmth and light from above and below, supported by earth's strong, firm crust. We build our homes, till the fields, plant our gardens and orchards. And when we turn from self and seek to be aware, we will find light in holy faces. Human faces, holy light, in blossom, birdsong and sky. Then earth is truly our home and we are one with all earth's creatures, guardians of earth's children yet to be. These opening words written by Alice Berry welcome all of us who've gathered this morning for our Sunday service. Welcome to those of you who are here in person at Essex Church and also to all of you who are joining us uh, via Zoom from your homes near and far. For those of you I've not met before, I'm Sarah Tinker, at one time minister with this Kensington Unitarians congregation, now happily retired and also happy that I can still connect with you from time to time. If you're new to this community, we're especially glad to have you with us and do stay after the service for a chat if you want or come to one of our small groups as a good way to get to know people better. And if you are a regular here, thank you. Thank you for all that you do to build this community and to spread our Unitarian message of equality and oneness. So, whoever you are, however you're feeling today, wherever you've come from, know you're welcome here with us just as you are. And that applies to, that welcome applies to, to any of you watching this service at a later date or listening to our podcast or reading this as a script. There's so many ways to connect, aren't there? And thank you for getting in touch when you do. Today's service, the title is On Turning, and it's linking the Jewish festival of Rosh Hashanah, which starts today, with the autumn equinox which we celebrated on Friday. So in the next hour or so, we'll be considering this season as a time for reflection, for looking inwards, for listening, um, an opportunity to consider perhaps in our lives where change and adjustment might be helpful, a chance maybe to turn and turn again till we come round right, as that old song says. So I hope there'll be something in this service which speaks helpfully to you. Whatever life is landing on you at this moment, be that a cascade of flowers and welcome gifts or a pile of the proverbial. <laughs> so I invite us all to take a moment now to arrive here fully. Let's let go for a while, if we want, of the busy, the demanding aspects of our lives. Taking, if we want, one of those lovely, calming breaths, slowly breathing down into the core of our being. And as we breathe out, we can awaken to the beauty of this moment, 
here in this gathered community. Be that in person or connected through the digital realm, it's good to be together. Good to make time and space for connection. Connection with ourselves, connection with one another, and connection with that which we hold to be of greatest worth. And our chalice flame is lit. It's one light connecting us with the worldwide Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist community, a progressive religious community. This simple chalice, its flame bears witness to the humanity we all share, one people, one planet, just one shared life. So may we strive to live in peace. May we care for what we have, and may we learn and grow through all the changes of our days. I'm calling on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now, and to bless all that we say and do together here today. For many people, both within Britain and in the wider world, this has not been an easy few weeks. Uh, let's think in loving sympathy of all those we know of for whom life is a struggle right now. And let each of us, if we can, find something for which we're grateful in this life, be that small or great. Let us acknowledge the importance of human communities. and pray for all those who are in leadership positions in our world, that they might be conscious of their own weaknesses and not be blinkered by the power they hold. May leaders always remember that power is held on behalf of the whole community. At this time of the equinox, let us strive to lovingly understand the secret places that live within us all, that the light of day might shine to balance the darkness, and that we can make time and space for one another's processes of growth and change. To be human is to be both fabulous and frail, fierce and tender, wise and foolish, flawed and whole, 
powerless and powerful. May we aspire to use our strengths wisely and to cherish our weaknesses, knowing that together they make us who we truly are. And to the aspiration of wholeness, let us say, Amen. Now, my dream is that everyone in this room has got an order of service if they like that sort of thing, a hymn book or a script, and a conquer. The conquer will come back later. It's the hymn book bit at the moment. There is something you may not know about these grey hymn books. If things get really boring in a service ever, at the back there are loads of readings that are sometimes more interesting than what's going on in the room at any time. But today that isn't the case. But if you turn to number 634... I think people on Zoom are going to have those words on the screen. I know that responsive readings, you know, where somebody reads one line and then you get to read another, these do not work for everyone. There'll be words or expressions that you'd not choose. You may find the whole process irritating. So free, feel free not to speak at all. Change any words that you don't like. Um, just, just do whatever. This piece, though, is called On Turning, if you've found it. It was written by a rabbi from Florida to introduce some of the themes of the Jewish New Year to people. Our human ability to turn things around, to admit our mistakes. And I know some people might prefer to avoid God language, and I reckon using the concept love instead works quite well on this piece. So, I invite you all, as you wish, to join in reading the words in italics. Now is the time for turning. Leaves are beginning to turn from green to red and to orange. The birds are beginning to turn and are heading once more towards the south. The animals are beginning to turn to storing their food for the winter. For leaves, birds, and animals, turning comes instinctively. But for us, turning does not come so easily. It takes an act of will for us to make a turn. It means breaking with old habits. It means admitting that we have been wrong, and this is never easy. It means losing face. It means starting all over again, and this is always painful. It means saying, I am sorry. It means recognizing that we have the ability to change, and these things are hard to do. But unless we turn, we will be trapped forever in yesterday's ways. So God help us to turn from callousness to sensitivity, from hostility to love, from pettiness to purpose, from envy to contentment, from carelessness to discipline, from fear to faith. Turn us around, O oh God, 
bring us back toward you. Revive our lives as at the beginning and turn us toward each other, God, for in isolation there is no life. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And you may as well keep hold of the hymn book now because uh, we've got a hymn to sing. It's called, it is a gift to be simple. It's an old Quaker song and tune, I think. It speaks of us turning ourselves around aright. Here in church, we've got the hymn books to sing from. And if you're with us on Zoom, the words will appear on your screens. And you'll be safely muted so you can sing out loud if you want. And here in church, we're keeping our masks on to help keep one another COVID-free as cases rise yet again. Let's sing about the joys of true simplicity. And as there's just one verse, verse in this version, we thought we could sing it twice. One by Victoria Safford. Imagine this. On the days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, every autumn, every year, the people make their peace with anyone they have wronged or slighted or injured or in any way neglected in the past 12 months. The task is not to patch things up smooth things over, reach a compromise, or sweep mistakes and uneasy memories under the rug. The task is not to feel better. The task is ownership. The goal is truth for its own redemptive sake. Someone has been preparing all year to speak with you to write to you, to ask you a hard question. Perhaps in some way not quite conscious. 
you have even known this and you have been preparing too. Finally, you answer the door or the phone or open the letter with shaky hands and there it is, what you thought you'd been longing for but really have dreaded. Someone is asking for your forgiveness. The task is not about comfort, it's about truth. Awkward is irrelevant. You get to choose now. You have to choose whether and how you will participate in restoration. Abandon the pleasant piety that claims knee-jerk forgiveness as the unquestioned moral course. You get to choose which way will be right in this case, between you as persons and with all your gods. What response will make the world more whole? Imagine. Something yearns in us to come round right. Something creaky, rusty, heavy, almost calcified within us tries, in spite of us and in spite of our fears and self-deceptions, to turn and turn and creak and turn again and come round a little truer. Something in us stretches toward conversation. Imagine healing wholly from within. Thank you for that, Sonia, beautifully read. And it's leading us now into a time of meditation. This is a meditation for the autumn equinox. So it's going to be looking at the images that um, the equinox evokes, one of which is holding on and letting go. So if you're at home, I don't know if you've got anything like a conker or an apple or a pebble maybe, um, you might like to have something in your hand to hold. And if you're here in person and you haven't got a conker, if you'd like to come and help yourself, there's some at the back or there's some here at the front as well, because it is good to have something to hold on to for this. Maybe not one of these really spiky ones, perhaps, unless you want to stay awake. So let's take one of those breaths that just signal to us that it's okay to relax for a while. Let's center ourselves. Be aware of our bodies, wherever they're resting at this moment. Where, where is the weight going? Through our feet and legs down into the floor. Maybe aware of our whole body resting in a chair or sofa or lying down wherever you are right now. Aware of the surroundings and yet able to turn yourself inwards for these few minutes. Returning to the steadiness of the breath as a kind of anchor.
we in the Northern Hemisphere have reached the time of the autumn equinox when day and night are of equal length. We're aware of the light levels changing. That slant of sunlight is different now through a favorite window. We're aware of the effects of the light changes and the temperature changes on the trees and plants. We can feel ourselves part of this whole planetary existence. We little creatures who have such issues to deal with. And in these few minutes of silence that we're going to share together, a silence that will be ended by our bell and will then be followed with a lovely uh, 70s piece of pop music, Windmills of Your Mind, for further meditation. But in these moments that we're going to have to ourselves, I invite you to consider the issues of holding on and letting go in your life. But it is surely one of the key issues facing humanity. It is so important to hold on, to hold on to what sustains us, strengthens us, gives us hope and love. There are hands that are crying out to be held by ours. There are principles and values that must be held on to, particularly when times are turbulent and it might seem like we have to let go. And there are things that we are really ready to let go of or not ready but we know it's time. The clutter, the repeating anxieties, the old, old habits and stories that no longer serve us well. I wonder what it is in your life that is saying like an autumn leaf, time to let go now, time to move on. holding on and letting go. Let's take those images into these several minutes now of silence, which will be ended by our bell and followed by music.
Thank you, Peter. Thank you. I wonder, um, did you enjoy holding on to your conquer earlier on? It, it, to many of us brought up in this country, conkers, the fruits of the horse chestnut tree, they're just such an old seasonal delight, a great treat to collect with toddlers and friends of all ages, I reckon. But if any of our listeners come from lands afar, you might not have experienced the uh, spiky exterior of a conker, nor heard the clonk which it makes when they hit the pavement. And uh, you, you may not have uh, discovered the delight of when these cases open up like that. And there is a burnished chestnut colored shiny colored seed within such a simple pleasure of autumn days and um, I reckon we need all the simple pleasures we can get to get through these turbulent times that we're in I don't need to tell you of the uncertainties and troubles that face humanity we'll need to take our comforts where we can and it was a comfort wasn't it? I can see a few faces of people who were here on Friday afternoon at Essex Church uh, to celebrate the actual equinox with the West London Green Spirit Group. Fourteen of us shared a companionable harvest lunch and then joined in a simple reflective workshop where we focused on some of the themes that equinoxes evoked, including holding on and letting go as we explored just now in the meditation and the idea of balance, balance at this time when day and night are of equal length. We, we recognize that human lives are never in balance, not for any length of time, split second maybe. But we are, you know, balance is a static state. And we humans, we are dynamic, alive creatures, forever rebalancing, shifting adjusting to internal and external influences upon us. And we played with these uh, old kitchen scales. I've got to get this right. Now. I want to One acorn can tip the balance one little seed. I wonder what, um, what areas of our lives might then alter by relatively small changes by the addition or the subtraction of an acorn or a conquer or their metaphorical equivalent. It was great to spend a couple of hours in good company with others, make space for some reflection time, time to ponder, I like to call it, because I think it's a human need we humans look for ways to bring order to chaos in life. We search for some sense of where we stand. We create times in which we can stop and reflect, look back where we've been, look forward to where we're going or we want to be going. So our cultures create times for this kind of reflection. We have our New Year's, uh, January the 1st times. The Chinese celebrate their um new year on the full moon that falls at the end of january or early february 
And today marks the start of Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year festival. This festival celebrates the creation of the world by God. Jews also believe that God judges everyone at Rosh Hashanah. And that is why Jews make their New Year a time for remembering any hurts they may have caused family and friends or their community, as we heard in that reading from Sonia earlier on. They remember and they do their best to make amends, to heal fractured relationships, to restore and recreate. Here's how Victoria Safford described it. And we've, we've got this little quote on the order of service sheet. And remember that the scripts of these services are always available to read afterwards, although this one might take a few weeks to uh, get on the website, but it will be there. Imagine something yearns in us to come round right, something creaky, rusty, heavy, almost calcified within us, tries in spite of us and all our fears and self-deceptions, to turn and turn and creak and turn again and come round a little truer. Something in us stretches towards conversation. Imagine healing wholly from within. But Jews Rosh Hashanah is a time of reflection and repentance in which all relationships are to be considered. It's a time for a wake-up call, a time to disrupt the ruts which we have slipped into, time to turn around, start anew. And that's why traditionally the rabbi sounds the ram's horn of shofar to awaken people from slumbering ways. It's the start of a 10-day period of atonement in which amends are made, ending with Yom Kippur, the most sacred and solemn day of the Jewish calendar. Oh, in the life of our world community, probably be very healthy, wouldn't it, if we could create a new year, a new page, wipe the slate clean, come to the world's issues, refresh, refreshed once more with new ears and eyes and ideas. But the world, as they say, is always with us. All we can do is keep rededicating ourselves to the task of making things better as best we can. That's why it helps to be guided by inspirational people, I reckon, people who are seemingly able to rise above the messy complexities of life and reminders of hope and possibility. Back in the 80s, I met the uh, South African Archbishop Desmond Tutu when he was touring Europe to uh, gain support for the campaign to end apartheid in his country. What a warm and loving man he was, able on a grey November day in Sheffield in a dingy small community hall to bring the campaign for apartheid, for the end of apartheid, to life for us all, to convince us that it was worth boycotting South African fruit and vegetables, worth writing letters to our MPs, worth demanding that the world community take action against a regime based on a frightening belief that some people deserve to be treated differently from other people. Small actions in community might bring results, might turn intractable situations around. Now, I read that only this week, um, Desmond Tutu's daughter, the Reverend 
Tutu Van Firth, an Anglican priest with the Episcopalian Church in the States. She'd not been allowed to conduct her godfather's funeral in his village parish church as he'd requested. Reverend Tutu Van Firth is married to a woman and therefore cannot currently lead worship within the Church of England. The family overcame this problem by holding the funeral in his garden next door to the church, I was pleased to read, but they were understandably saddened by the official church attitude. Now, Desmond Tutu himself championed LGBTQ plus rights, saying in 2013, in his own inimitable way, I would refuse to go to a homophobic heaven. I would not worship a God who is homophobic. And that's how deeply I feel about this. And he added, I am as passionate about this campaign as I ever was about apartheid. Good on him. I'm going to remember Desmond Tutu and his daughter in the weeks ahead. As we watch with such concern the suppression of protesters in countries like Russia and Iran, hmm, well, let's not forget the smaller erosions of justice we are facing in this country and countries like ours nor the very real fears of some people who just do not know how they're going to cope with rising prices on limited incomes. There is so much to be concerned about. But we know, don't we, the power of a little acorn to tip the balance. We know the weight and the smoothness of a little conquer can help us take time to reflect on things and maybe decide how to turn things around. We need not feel powerless nor passive in this world because small seeds can yield mighty results if we truly want to turn things around. So may it be. Okay, we get to sing again. It's another lovely, lovely hymn. It's speaking of the, it's number 207 in this grey book, or the words will appear on your screen. It's speaking of the earth as a great gift to us, something to truly cherish. And I think that resonates with so many of us these days. You can feel free to stand, sit, sing, or simply enjoy the music. But listen to these words from this hymn. Interwoven, all connected, planet-wide and inmost soul. Take it away, Peter.
Thank you. Well, thanks. As always, it's time for the announcements now. And thanks as always go to Janine and Ramona for invaluable tech support. <sighs> it's a task and a half, believe me, everybody. And for dear Maria, uh, for our online, for being our online uh, Zoom host today, please do join us for tea and coffee in the hall after the service or for a chat over a cuppa on Zoom. Thanks to Sonia for our great uh, recorded video to reading today and to Peter Crockford, our uh, pianist, for returning from his travels to play for us, smashing. Good to have you back, Peter. Right, next week's service, unusually now, generally the pattern is now that we are in church each week and you can also join online, so a hybrid service. But uh, next week's is a one-off because we've got a, a special guest uh, preacher. Um, so she's online, Sheena Gabriel. If you've not met her, she's completely fabulous, highly recommended. But we thought it'd be nice for those of you who'd rather have the companionship of being in church. You can be clustered around here and join in the service via the screen. So that works well. And uh, there'll be people here to make sure it all happens okay. So you choose Zoom or here in the church. Um, Margaret, your singing classes resume today. There's going to be a singing class with Margaret Marshall, 12 o'clock after the service. And uh, it's going to be a positive and fun experience. It always is. And we can all sing, can't we, Margaret? You have often told me. These classes are free and they're marvellous. And then if you're in full voice, why not stay? Because there's another singing class here at 1.30. This is a group called Many Voices. This is an LGBTQIA plus singing group for, for anybody who feels in those categories and their allies, everyone welcome. Uh, this is Marilisa Valtazanu and... Um, let me remember, guest leader, Catherine Pastano. Again, very easy to get into, um, lively, upbeat uh, songs, fun ditties and rounds. That one does cost £12. Um, Jane, our, our dear ministry coordinator, Jane Blackall, she is on leave and I sincerely hope she won't answer too many of our emails or worried phone calls. She'll be back on the 7th of October. Heart and Soul, though, which is an online small spiritual gathering, that's continuing on Sundays and Fridays. We can give you details of that. There's a church coffee morning on Zoom on Wednesday. Sonia's Nia dance classes continuing in person on Fridays. Actually, all of this is on the order of service. Um, or do get, have a look at the Friday email that goes round. And particularly have a think about joining the in-person poetry group, which is happening on the uh, Wednesday, the 5th of October at 7 p.m. And then every first Wednesday of the month. It's a lovely thing to share poetry with people. And if you get in touch with Brian over there and tell him what poem you'd like to read, it could be your own or an old favorite or a new one, then he'll gather them together so people have got copies. I think that's everything. Let's ready ourselves for our closing blessing now, which will then be followed by a closing piece of piano music. Folks at home might choose to select gallery view now, if that's possible on your device, so you can see the gathered community. And we don't know who wrote this rhyming and comforting blessing, but we used it at the Green Spirit Group. 
um, at the Equinox gathering on Friday. See what you think. As the earth turns to the darker side with the longer nights that will abide, find peace in the vow that as this globe spins, the regeneration of the earth begins. The cycle of nature for what seems an end is the planet's process to create again. Embrace the darkness as nature finds rest and know all is well and abundantly blessed. Amen. Go well, all of you, and blessed be. Thank you.